0: good morning hi it is
1: episode
0: 81 82 oh really yeah A- 80- yes are you sure yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are still by the way if you're wondering where episode 79 is it is still there in the ether we're just waiting for it to download so hopefully it's 79 you should join us in the next day or so
1: i still don't remember doing 81 we did
0: 81
1: was yeah. i asleep <laughs> Yeah, no, that was the... um, I snooze my way through it. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was the uh, Affirmations, was 81. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was a really good episode, which you should definitely check out. So, there we go. What are we talking about today? I
1: affirmed to remember the number of the podcast. (laughs) 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 Uh,
0: Yeah, there's no no amount of Affirmations ever going to get you to remember the numbers. Consider we do them pretty much daily. I
1: know, but that's why it's so confusing, because days just fly by, don't they?
0: Okay. (laughs) All right, we'll stop waffling on What are we talking about today?
1: So it's marketing Monday. I do know that it's Monday.
0: It is Monday. <laughs> and it is marketing Monday, yes. And it's important to point out that Kate's not very well today. So in fact but I'm still here. We're still here. Yes. Yeah, you've been um yeah. You've been unwell due to some Lurgy that you've picked up. Plus we have internet issues that yeah. we've had since Friday. So it's been a it's been a challenging start to a Monday and it's raining. <laughs> But hey, hey, it's Marketing Monday, so we're going to be fired up for Marketing Monday. So what are we talking about on Marketing Monday?
1: Um, so we've done a kind of like a mini series over the last few Mondays where we've had um, Funnels was last week. Yeah. And before that, it was about building your email list and then yeah. getting your emails opened. Um, so to kind of continue that theme is is follow up. Right. Um, and that the power of sales it's largely in the follow-up rather than um, anything else. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's great copy or it's an amazing salesperson. But a lot of the time it's just persistence and it's just keep on ha- knocking on that door and having like a follow-up process um, so that you're not, you know, calling the per- the one person by the wrong name or yeah. or calling the person too many times or too few times or whatever. There needs to be some kind of planned out process to
0: your follow-up. Definitely. And I suppose um, one of the reasons why content creation is so important is because it almost, some of that acts almost like some of your follow up So if the yeah. content that you are creating is relevant and pertinent to the person that is, it, that's inquiring about your niche. So let's say, for example, you are a consultant of some form, maybe or you're a Google AdWords specialist or whatever else. If you if you're creating lots of content that's about that thing that they're tapping into, and and they're listening to that's also that also serves as like it's, I suppose it's always keeping you top of mind. So well, that's, it's, that's, that's a, a value. Far.
1: So I mean, that might be a reason to reach out to someone. Oh, I've I've got this, um, you know, white paper or document on such and such that we were talking about the other day. I thought you might find it valuable. Yeah, that's a reason to make a. a, a contact with somebody, isn't it? a connection with somebody. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: well, um, we see... And I don't know if this is a particularly British thing or whether it's just us. all us human beings have some hang-ups or insecurities at some point, but when we train franchisees uh, for our Smiley Booth Photo Booth hire business, follow-up is something that some of them are entirely intimidated about. Yeah. They, they, they want the systems to do all the marketing for them. They want the systems to do... This is not all, by the way. This is, <laughs> this is. I'm talking specifically to individuals that have hangups about follow up, yeah. right? So they 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 want the systems to do the marketing for them, and they kind of want the systems to do the sales for them because, or if they are going to get involved in the sales process, it's the very final kind of getting them across the line piece. It's mm. not it, and then if it doesn't work on that first call, it's like oh they're not interested. Mm. I As I a, think
1: there's two key main problems with with follow-up the way i see it anyway but one is that you you feel you're you're going to be bothering that person or you know you don't want to be a a pain in the ass basically yeah that's going to be a negative um connotation on your business or yourself um and and two just that that it, that it might be a waste of your time, you know. That yeah. if they were interested, they'd have already said yes. So you, you kind of continually following up is, is a waste of the time. But but both of those things are false. Yeah. Um. You know, a, a lot of people, a, a lot of examples I've seen, um, will will thank people for the follow up. You know, yes. oh yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten to do that. Thanks for reaching out, or, you know, thanks for bearing with me. I know you've been following up with me for the last month I've just been really busy but thanks for sticking in there I've seen that loads that people actually really appreciate the follow-up yes you will get the odd one that tells you to go away but at least you've got an answer
0: yeah well (laughs) I think there's also most people's products or services generally are not urgent no right they're nice to have yeah you know they're not they're not immediately required um so in like, if it was a difference between eating or not eating and you were the only shopping town, yeah. like, then obviously everyone would be banging on your door. But nobody has that issue. No. There's no, there's no in in, in a world where of plenty, yeah. where, where most of us in the West kind of sit in terms of if you've got some cash, yeah. you can pretty much buy whatever you like. You know, yeah. there's there's not any real sense of urgency. And we saw that in the event side, right, mm-hmm. where with Smiley Booth photo Booth hire, it's, yeah, we're... We're solving a, we're creating a solution for them to enhance their event, but that event might not be happening for 18 months or 12 Mm. months or whatever it is. Yet from the business owner's perspective, it's like, I've got to make a sale today, I've got to make a sale today. So the business owner has the urgency, Mm. but from the customer's perspective, they're thinking, I've got a whole bloody year to organize this. But you as a business owner might know, well, yeah, yeah, you might think you've got a year, but the yeah. date that you're inquiring about could be gone tomorrow yeah. because we get booked a year to 18 months in advance. Well, that's
1: the power of scarcity, isn't it, that we've talked about on
0: other... Well, it's the power exercises. of scarcity, but it's also the power of educating your client base as to why there's a need for yeah, action. Uh, action. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes I, sometimes people feel like there's no need to take action. It's like, well, if you're, if you're especially if you're a service-based business... You you literally do have a limited set of resources. Mm. There's only there's only so many of you, or there's only so many of your team, and there's only so many hours in a day. I mean, you could argue that with product, right? Yeah. You you only you're only prepared to invest in so much product yeah, yeah. to get stored, uh, and that needs to go before you do anything else.
1: Well, an education in itself is is important and a reason for follow up because you said. Um, you know the product might be a nice to have it might actually be a really essential tool in their business which they realize once they've started using it but it's your job as the salesperson to educate them that they really need this thing because they might only see it as a nice to have and then once they start using it oh why haven't I been using this all the time yeah Yeah, but they didn't realize so it's your job to kind of educate them on that
0: yeah and follow-up allows you to explore like objection handling but it also allows you to like a lot of the time, it's people don't pay attention. They mm-hmm. don't pay attention as to why your product or service meets their needs. Or and they
1: may have even just got hold of the wrong end of the stick. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And so it requires that journey, taking them on a journey yeah. before... I mean, the, the analogy you used just now about um, people say, oh, yeah, I've been really busy and everything else. I remember sales follow-up calls with... I mean, I was saying, I remember with sales follow-up calls with our photo booth hire, Smiley Booth, primarily because we're doing this in February of 2021 and the events industry is still shut down in the UK right now, but sales calls for um, for photo booth hire, some of them would go for weeks mm. and weeks and I'd be yeah, checking yeah. in and sometimes, and, and, the, and the way I have always dealt with follow-up is fixing people to a very specific time, right, because it's like it's not I, I never ever said to people, okay, I'm gonna call you next week. Is that okay? It's like, okay, I'm gonna call you on this day at this time. And is that does that work for you? Or when does it work for you? And then we and even when they say, Oh, afternoons after three works really well for me, it's like, okay, I'm gonna call you Tuesday at three thirty. Are we agreed? I'm gonna put that in a diary. Yeah, we're agreed. Because My philosophy on that was we're in the events industry and one of the things that we have to demonstrate in the events industry is that we show up on time Mm. and we show up fully armed and fully ready to go. So each time I turned up exactly when I said I would, there's an underlying message there saying, look, I'm holding my end of the bargain up here. I'm doing what I said I'm going to do. And that gives like a sub-message of you book us, we'll deliver because we do what we said we're going to do. Yeah. When you make it woolly and then you don't show up and then you don't call and you don't follow up when you say, people are like, oh, well, you never called me. And even worse, if they're actually waiting for you to call and you don't call, I mean, Jesus, that's a nightmare.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, just... Um, and the, the, the second part that I was saying about feeling like it's a waste of time, that's kind of probably more my thing. I feel like I don't want to keep banging that drum because it's like, oh, well, they'd have already come to me by now. But as, as we just said, they, they won't. And, no. and it may be for a number of reasons. It's not just because they've they're, they're busy um, but it might be that they've completely misunderstood your product you remember that that lady that I had not long ago who um she she had actually come back it wasn't that she was she was quiet but she'd said no yeah. but i knew that it was the right thing for her and i thought this doesn't make sense so i kind of approached her again and she, and she had got hold of the wrong end of the stick yeah um, so it may be that you know your your marketing communications out there are are wrong. You're you're delivering the wrong message, and people aren't. And that's really important when you speak to people because you get that feedback. Yeah. Um, as, as to what their preconceptions are or misconceptions are.
0: Yeah, and it's it also allows you to explore what their decision making processes are. Mm-hmm. So, because lots of people have a a different tolerance um around when they can just spend money and when they can't. So, for example, most people. In life, independent like if you're in a couple, for example, whether you're married or whatever, um, but you are both financially responsible for the household. There's normally a threshold that you could probably go out and spend money without having to ask, like or not ask permission, but at least without having to have a conversation about. Yeah. It. Whether that be five quid, fifty quid, a hundred quid, or five hundred quid, whatever it is, if you you will have an unspoken agreement between you. Yeah. Around what's what you would tolerate yeah, so yeah. for example if kate went out and spent hundreds and hundreds of pounds on something without us having a conversation about it first yeah. we wouldn't necessarily row about it but i would be quite surprised by that yeah, and i'd yeah. be like that's quite an irresponsible jump without yeah. us having a check
1: well also it's not even just a, a monetary thing it could just be a processing thing yeah. so for example uh, we struggle a lot with the internet here in in southern france and oh, and yeah. we're just changing it all over at the moment to another provider which i was organizing but
0: can I, I just spe- say, we have two routers in this property <laughs> already and we're about to get a third yeah. in, the po- in the post shortly.
1: So so I organised that, but I talked to you about it just to see your kind of thoughts on it. Yeah. Not not as a, as a cost way. And it could be like, the
0: best value proposition yeah, going. Is right? that it could doesn't the have the to be a money obvious, thing, but yeah. I was
1: like... Do you think this is going to work? What do you reckon? Do you yeah. think this sounds better? Or just, and so if, you know, when I'm dealing with the salesman, I will say, you know, I just want to run it by my husband and get a second opinion. It doesn't mean that it's a objection. A lot of the time people do take that as an objection, yeah. um, but that's not necessarily the case. So follow up. If that, if I've then spoken to you and then life's got in the way and I haven't done anything about it, that salesman then says, do you want this internet, da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I do, yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, because life does get in the way. Exactly. And I mean, I remember the at the when I used to, years and years and years ago when I used to work in the banking industry. Um, one of the things that they used, one of the things that they tried used to try and get us to say was, "Are you the decision maker in the house?" And it was and I I, nice. I never ever used <laughs> that because it would be to do with lending and everything and I and it was a phrase I just absolutely refused to use because I was just like, "How condescending is that phrase? How what a great way of." like, breaking any rapport you've built or anything It's like else. when
1: car guys say, oh, can I, can I speak to your husband? Because yeah, a woman yeah. couldn't possibly talk about their vehicle. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's such a, yeah, it, it's such a arrogant statement, yeah. isn't it? So, um, so the way I would approach it in, in business is you might not necessarily be dealing with the person that's going to make the final call on something. So, again, going back to the Smiley Booth, Photo Booth hire stuff, I would often have the grooms to be, if they were hiring us for a wedding, they'd be inquiring about our services, right? And, but I knew that ninety percent of the people that booked us for weddings were women, mm-hmm. like generally, mm-hmm. like that. It was it was normally the bride, mm-hmm. right? That's not to say we didn't do gay weddings or anything like that. I'm just yeah. saying, just as a, as a generalization. So I knew that by speaking to this guy, the chances are that he's probably not going to be the one that pulls the trigger on this. You know, he probably will be going back to his other half. So I would just caution, I'd just say, okay, do, um, is there anything more you would need to do before, do, is there any more information I need to give you to, for you to be able to make a decision on this? Do, would it be best, would it be a suggestion for the three of us, you, your partner and us to talk on a call, to yeah. discuss the service, to, to make sure that we're getting exactly right for you? It's, and in many follow-up calls that I would make, yeah, I would often end up on a call where they'd have me on loudspeaker, and the two people would be quizzing me mm-hmm. before they made the closing sale.
1: Well, that's exactly it. As as a salesperson, and, and make no mistake, if you're a small business owner, you are a salesperson. Even if you've got a small team, you are you are part of that in, in a very um, small business. Um, you are the kind of information deliverer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a thing. Do you know what I mean? You're you're. I think people, because you, you see the kind of salesman role as the, as the slimy salesman, you know, the traditional kind of 70s loud suit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think people need to readdress that and, and realise that they're just giving people the information they need to make a decision, to make to a make an inform, To
0: make an informed exactly. decision, right? Yeah. And that's that's a really important point. It's like everybody that comes to you and inquires about your business, whether product service or whatever it is, and we've used this terminology before in in previous episodes, but you have a duty of care to that person, right? And part of your duty of care is to ensure that they are fully informed, they fully understand that whether that product or service, what it does for them and how it benefits them, Mm. right? And um, and if they go away and say no because they don't fully understand what you're doing, you're doing them a disservice just as much it's the opposite. is true. I.e., they buy it and they don't fully understand it. That's they're of equal negative consequence yeah. in my view. Right? Well, and there's
1: other relationships as well. Like for example, um, uh, journalists. So uh, uh, working in with a PR um, mentor, I've obviously been doing lots of pitching over the last few months. Amanda came on our uh, podcast. I can't remember what episode now. Um,
0: it's but called. It references Amanda Fitzgerald. If you yeah. want to understand PR and how to get your own PR for your business or idea or whatever it is, have a look through the episodes. There's one called uh, Amanda Fitzgerald, yeah, The
1: Power of PR or something like that. Mm. Um, but I was in a, a clubhouse group with uh, with about eleven journalists, and what was interesting is that we may be pitching them all the time and the constant. And journalists get something like fifteen hundred emails a week or something insane. Mm. Um, and so obviously they're very busy people, but don't feel like you have to kind of be cap in hand because they need stuff too. You know, they need people for their stories. They need information. So you are providing a service to them just as much as you're kind of asking for the sale in a way with, yeah. by getting your, your story in the press or whatever. So a lot of the time it's a two-way street. You know, obviously with a, with a kind of end user, with a consumer, yes, it is more of a sales process, but if you're looking to create a joint venture with someone, or you're a supplier to any kind of industry, like we were in the events industry, you are supplying something that that is needed, that is part of a a bigger picture. So you are fulfilling a need. So don't think you're kind of forcing your product on people, which is I think what some sales, people that don't like sales, feel that they're forcing something, but you're not.
0: This is the thing, right? So most businesses, are, so, uh, are creating a solution yeah they're either um, they're either improve they're, they're fundamentally they're improving that individual's experience in some way shape or form or they're solving a pain. Mm. right that's the mm. that's the mm-hmm. that's the reason why any of us tend to get into business yeah. and try to create something so you absolutely have a responsibility to identify who those people are yeah. and and go out of your way to educate those people around what you're doing. And that does require a lot of follow-up. Yeah. But the problem is because you are financially rewarded for that, and there's kudos attached to it as well, if if it does particularly well, it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking, oh, I'm satisfying myself, this is being selfish, and this is and this is feeding my ego. Mm. And oh, I'm getting financial returns out of this. So Oh, my life's improving, or maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should be more altruistic or whatever, right? Which is a nonsense idea, right? That's just your self-doubt stuff. And if you take if you take it to the extremes, right, and this is definitely to the extremes, but if you had a some form of pain relief that solved a particular issue for a very specific group of people, then you go out of your way. To educate that marketplace yeah. and give them that because you knew passionately that I'm improving that person's life. Yeah. And if they turned that around you and said, No, 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 I don't need that, it's fine. You'd be like, Are you nuts? Yeah. It's like, this is this is gonna make your life better. Look, yeah. I've got all of these people over here that are in exactly the same situation you're in.
1: Yeah.
0: But they're they're in no pain or in no discomfort because they're taking my little widget. Yeah. Right? And that's how. And that sounds like, oh, yeah, okay Lee, but I just sell cakes. So what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, but you don't just sell cakes. You sell something that you know that when someone receives that cake, they love it. That The experience that those people have from getting it, the highs they have and the wow factor that you're creating in their life is something that, somebody else deserves as well, not just that person. And kind the of
1: social factor that yeah, you will cut stuff. the cake. You just, you've got to kind of realise all the other aspects of whatever widget it is that you sell or do, like all the kind of intrinsic the, benefits yeah, that
0: exactly around it. And it sh- and it should, that passion for, like you should have passion about delivering that message and that service to your like target audience like to the point where people are like, for God's sake, stop bothering me. I know, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Because you would do the same for somebody who was in pain and you had the pain relief, right? It's yeah. just, you know you're going to improve their their existence, their life, just by them dealing with you. And if you were sat there saying to yourself, well, no, well, nobody really cares about my legit, I'm not really adding that much value, then you've really got to start questioning what you're doing. Mm. Because if you don't feel passionate about, if you don't get the great feedback from your clients that, wow, what you're doing is, is improving whatever aspect of their life is, and they genuinely love what you do, and you love delivering that, then there's, a, there's something broken in that yeah. message, right? It's, and you can see it across the board. I mean, we've mentioned my sister a couple of times that does the Bosa candles, yeah. um, which is basically she's just selling candles. But, and you might say, okay, oh, it's just a candle. It's not just a candle, though she genuinely loves like the, the way it looks and it's packaged and everything else and the people that receive it they love them yeah, yeah. you know they they take photos of them they rave about the experience yeah. of having them when they walk into a room because they smell us so, at their scented candles and they smell way. Yeah. they in some way shape or form improve that person's life yeah, yeah and and that's how you've got to think about follow-up and sales
1: well i used to have the same with smiley booth like I did used to struggle not so much in sales because obviously, especially consumer sales, because I, I knew how much people loved it. But when people used to ask us what we did, or if I was part of a business group and I had to kind of say what what we did, yeah, I always felt a little bit like oh, when well, we take people's photos, like it, it it didn't feel kind of valuable enough because yeah, there'd be yeah. other people, you know, oh, I I I don't know, I can't think of examples, but they, they did something grand. Yeah, you know? they
0: had something like was that required some form of certification or that it was complex or was a far more grandiose yeah exactly
1: but but when you kind of digested more or broke down what we did in terms of the joy that it gave people and and some of the like the incredible moments like we we've had several customers over the years that have come back to us because sadly somebody's passed away and they've they've wanted that picture that they had with that someone at that time Um, you know they wanted like extra copies because that was a really fun and important moment to them or we've had proposals in the photo booth we've had like um, generations of people use it because they they've kept it within the family and we've kind of got to know the family exactly well
0: we've walked into people that we've become friends with over the years and we've walked into their house and on their fridge will be loads of Smiley booth, yeah, yeah, like photo strips all across their Which fridge kind of, over the yeah, collected over exactly the years. All
1: together, all these kind of moments with people, yeah. um, and yeah, and we've walked into events before, and they've got yay, it's the smiley booth guys, yeah, yeah, and yeah. You know, it, it creates that joy in people's lives, and and you mm-hmm. can't measure that, um, so it would be, I know it kind of sounds great grandi- grandiose, but it would be kind of irresponsible if we then just kind of battened everything down, and went, Oh, we don't really want to market. it, we don't really want to shout to people about what we do, let yeah. them find us. No, you've got to get out there and bang the drum and go, we make people feel good. Yeah. We, we improve events because people just love our experience. And so well, what do you really do? Well, actually we take photos, but it's so much more than that. Exactly you know? right. I mean, when
0: we, when we started Smiley with photo with Hire, we were um, one of, if not the first, photo with Hire company in the UK. And I, our philosophy, we loved it so much, and we still do. Mm. Um, that our philosophy was there should never be an event but without I mean, yeah. a smiley booth yeah. at, at the event. It it was the, the we we thought it was a missed opportunity for the people that were creating the event for them not to have it. Yeah, and and by luck, the event, the photo booth industry just grew and grew and grew. Well, and it grew because
1: came. of that because people realised.
0: Yeah, exactly How, right.
1: how Great fun it was. Yeah, and that's how
0: you events. should feel about your product or service. It's like, well, you might be sat here going, Lee, I'm a, I'm an accountant. I mean, Jesus Christ. I... But even more reason.
1: Yeah, well, like, oh, you, God, look at your pain or you take away from people when they, they don't to do they're their own. own numbers.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> the, if, if you're, you should think about the, running a business or delivering a business is is about more than selling widgets, right? Yeah. It's It's... It is your way of delivering value to the world, right? Yeah. Delivering something, giving something back to people. The fact that you get financially rewarded for it is a byproduct of how many people you reach, right? Yeah. It's not, I think that's the mistake some people make is they think that, oh, it's all, um, it's all about business, it's all about money. It's like, no, the wealthiest people on the planet have, or rather the most successful businesses you see have become that way because they reach just a huge number of people or and, or
1: it might be less people but a higher value of what you what you do
0: yeah but even so, then well. even if it's less people on a it's it's a larger piece of that marketplace the, yeah, that's what right I mean. yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's and that's the trick it's like well how many people's lives can i touch positively mm. that that benefit from this particular widget that i'm trying to sell yeah and and that takes a shed load of follow-up, right? Yes, that it really takes, does. Yeah, it takes a lot of banging the drum. And, and you might be thinking, well, I haven't got enough time. I haven't got, uh, I'm already running around like a headless chicken doing this part of it, manufacturing this, doing that, and all this kind of stuff. Um, you and I know that pain very well um, because you do, as business owners, only have so much time. One of the things that we're doing at the moment, we've mentioned this in the last couple of episodes, is that we're bringing in staff. And the reason why we're bringing in staff is because we understand the importance of these things yeah. and we need people knocking on the door and, and, and growing the businesses that we have. Because yeah. if you neglect it, nothing happens.
1: Well, on that point, let's get into the mathematics of it. So, okay. so when and how much should you follow up? Um, and if you kind of do some research online about this, it the, the answers vary, um, but really it's if it's completely cold um, and you've reached out to somebody and they've not returned, then really you're kind of looking at about seven times before you there's there's not really going to be much of a response. That's if there's no response at all and they're completely cold. But if you've already got a relationship with somebody or they have come back to you or they've inquired about you in the first place. It's unlimited. Just keep going until you get told, no, this isn't for me. Yeah, um, Because you, you, you don't know if they're seeing that, if they're not reading it, if they're not hearing it. And also use a range of different um, methods to mm. contact someone. So email, pick up the phone, send them a text message, send them a WhatsApp. Um, you know, comment on something on on Facebook if you've got some kind of connection with them there, or Instagram or whatever. But reach out on different channels so that, because you, you don't know what's going to be the right channel for that person to hear your message. Yeah,
0: I mean, we saw that a lot where people we would, we would find that people would respond far more on WhatsApp than they would on any other medium. Yeah. And which blew me away because I was like, it's the same device. It's just <laughs> a different app on the device, yeah. right? But if you message them, if you. Text them if you did if you emailed them nothing but but WhatsApp it them be, it's like bing they're they're back it
1: might be as simple as they've got their notifications set on for WhatsApp, WhatsApp but not for else. something else yeah. yeah you're right so it's yeah it, it, you don't know what works until you just try all these different channels so have a system for, for different channels to try um, um,
0: can I just say something about if yeah. they've inquired follow up and like unlimited until they say no yeah we we mess we would say this to the franchisees all the time and some franchisees be like no i'm not doing that i've I've already called them twice or i've already sent them an email response i'm not going to do that and from my perspective i'd be like you're nuts you you absolutely have to chase that person because let's say they've inquired for you for august next year on a saturday mid-august next year it's like they've put their hat in the ring for that date and you've provided them the information right so you have to Chase that person down to get a yes or a no from that person, because if someone else comes across tomorrow and says, I want that date, and you say yes to that person, you've then got to explain to this poor sod, <laughs> who, who was just really busy dealing with a load of stuff in their life, yeah. you've got to then explain to them, no, sorry, I've already given the date away to somebody else, and, they, and that first person they inquired might have absolutely loved what you do. Yeah. So, to not chase them is, in my view, is irresponsible. Yeah, so.
1: and it's, it takes nothing nowadays for somebody to press unsubscribe, you know, if they don't want to get your emails. Or yeah, if they're
0: through your email, you can basically take that as bugger off. Yeah. Um, but if you're, if you're not getting any response at all through any of your messages and so on, you just don't know what's going on in their life. Yeah. So it's it's your responsibility to follow them up.
1: Yeah, well, there's actually a, a couple of stats on this. 80% of sales require five follow-ups. <laughs> Yet, 44% of sales people only ever follow up once. Oh, wow. And that's actual sales rep, where, the, where their jobs are... Just two, to do sales. sales. Yeah, they yeah. haven't got any other other stuff that business owners have going on. So, yeah, you're already above half of the sales reps out there yeah. if you just follow up um, more than once.
0: Yeah, and that definitely rings true with my sales calls in, in every everything i've ever done whether it be smiley booth whether we say it whether it be in the previous banking it would always require constant follow-up and i remember having i would print off a list of the names a list of the um telephone numbers and whatnot and then i would literally just put I'd, i'd ring them and then i would literally just put the day the date and the time i rang yeah and then move to the next, move to the next. Yeah. And then the next day, it'll be the same again, same yeah. again, same again. And, and, so, and it'll always be like loads in before they pick up. Yeah, I'm really sorry I keep missing your call or whatever it is. Yeah,
1: and that's, that's the best way to do it. Have some kind of CRM system. You can get completely automated follow-up which is great for like um you know if somebody's inquired for you they get an email back and then they might get one a couple of days later or however you want to build your follow up but just be a little bit careful about that especially if you're a service based business because if you've kind of interjected with a phone call and you've spoken to that person about something specific and then they get like a generic email that's going to kind of kill that lead Agreed. so just be be careful with how you build that that automation but automation definitely helps and if you don't want to use automation as in the actual content, you can still use like automated reminders. So you had it physically printed, but there's, yeah. there's, I mean, that was back in the day anyway, because you said, so old. <laughs> but... yes. That's true. But um, but there are there's so many sales tools and CRMs that you know will remind you and you can put notes next to that person's name and, and they they don't have to be expensive. I mean we, we use HubSpot which can be pricey but but there's a free version and there's plenty of other free CRMs out there as well.
0: There is and
1: What was that one we used to use? Do you remember? capsule that was free wasn't
0: it yeah very that, basic
1: though
0: yeah it was basic. but uh but yeah follow-up is really important sorry note-taking is really important so because you will forget stuff yeah, and yeah. you the more information you can put in the notes in a in a, some kind of reminder system the easier it is for you because once you you can literally just dump the information in it type it up and forget about it yeah. and then when the reminder comes back up again you've got your notes and you go oh yeah, was, oh yeah i now remember it's like the, the bit that I see fail for most people when it comes to follow-up sales is they think they're good enough to remember everything all the time. Yeah. And they might be for week one. But once they get into week three, four and beyond, it, they end up leaving so much opportunity at the table because they're just not following up properly at all. And that's a massive mistake. And the other thing is if you've got leads coming in all the time, every day or every week, they certainly, they become a mountain. Yeah,
1: well, and if that person suddenly rings you as well out of exactly. blue, suddenly they, they call back after one of your letters. You, you need to know, uh, quick, find the notes. Who is Who is this person? What yeah. have been been talking with them?
0: One of the things I would say uh, that is an important tactic, I'd say now more <laughs> than before, is sales calls are definitely one of the pivotal moments of closes, right? You're, you are probably more likely to get sales... To, uh, sales closures through picking up the phone to somebody than you are in most other mediums for for service based mm. businesses, right? Um, not necessarily product based, but certainly service based. Um, however, today we live in a different cl- climate to when I grew up in sales, right? So before, what would happen is if I rang somebody on on my mobile or to their mobile number, whatever it is, most people would answer the phone. Yeah. Nowadays. People are a bit more sceptical when they see a number they don't they don't, don't recognise because generally most people have a lot of contacts already saved on their phone. So if you're ringing them out of blue, and they don't recognise it, they automatically assume that's well, none of my network. Mm. Whereas whereas years ago, yeah. most people didn't remember everybody's mobile phone number; they'd remember a handful of numbers. Yeah. Um, and so if, if a number did ring them that they didn't recognise, they'd still assume it was probably a friend or. Somebody important around their circle. That's not necessarily the case so much now. So you have to reach out through things like WhatsApp, Messenger, email, whatever it is I would say personally. First, get a conversation going and then organise the call. Yeah. Um, because
1: calls are still really powerful, if massively not more so. Important. because yeah. Although you're right in that um, people are more skeptical now, but calls are less now. People don't. Everyone's messaging and emailing. So if you do call someone, you've actually got an advantage because it doesn't happen so much anymore. I mean, I rarely get sales calls now. Very rarely.
0: Yeah, and well, it's because of that issue, right? It's because the people don't generally answer the phone to a number they don't recognize, but they. So message first, email first, arrange the call, and then you can really delve deep into, okay, well, what are your objections here? What have I not explained properly? What is the, where, why are we not closing the sale? Right? Yeah. And you, you, you've you, got to look at it as, okay, well, I need to get that feedback. These are my my sales, are, sorry, my potential clients are my feedback loops. They're mm. telling me, okay, well, this is where you're missing the mark and that's why I'm not buying right now. So get them to tell you why they're not buying yeah. like, because you can tweak your marketing, you can tweak your service or product or whatever it is so that in the next call they will buy.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so what have we covered, Dif- different channels um, and when to follow up. Um, and the other thing is, so kind of what to follow up with. Mm-hmm. So, um, as I said, give, give value. That really kind of um, helps to, you know, if you've had a, a conversation about something in particular and then you see an article, it doesn't even have to be your article, you know, you see something that's relevant to that person, going, oh, I've seen this and I thought of you, mm-hmm. is a really good way of kind of keeping top of mind with somebody. Um, define the next steps as well. So if you, if you send a follow-up email, even even if it's your 10th follow-up email, tell them how to get in contact with you you know make it easy for them tell them what you want them to do or let's arrange a call for next friday or you know are you available to join this clubhouse room or can you whatsapp me here or whatever it is give them something specific to do so that if you catch them in the right moment which is the key most of the time yeah. isn't it you're just it's just a, a game of managing to catch people they can take action there and then and you've made it really easy for them
0: yeah and just clarifying like be open with the uh, with if you have a specific sales process where you're like right, look you've contacted me and about my service or product I and and you've done exactly what Kate suggested you've responded to me in that way, clarifying how many like that you will continue to reach out to them to confirm some bits and pieces within that initial contact, is not a bad suggestion. Yeah, be that
1: this is the other thing because people are so time poor. I mean. Um, I said about the journalists, but just most professionals get around about two hundred emails. Sorry, have around two hundred emails in their inbox at any one time that they're kind of half dealing with. Um, so you want your email to just get to the point really quickly. Yeah. You know, I, I met you here, or we had a discussion on that, or you know, I was inspired by this, so I'm reaching out to you because you know I, I've got X to help you with Y. Whatever it is, just just be explicit, get to the point straight yeah. away. Yeah. So that's that going to really help, but. It's the persistence piece is key. I mean, we've spoken about this on lots of episodes, we? persistence, consistency, it all boils down to the same thing. And there's, there's a famous Zig Ziglar query I've just got my laptop here for anyone watching Why I'm looking down. Um, but the top salesperson in the organisation probably missed more sales than 90% of the sales team as a whole. But they made more calls than everybody else, and that's why they're the top salesperson. Not because they're not more talented, yeah. because they literally just made more calls.
0: Yeah, and we definitely—I've like, seen that in sales roles in my previous career, but we definitely saw that in the franchise network. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a small number of people within a network who are just excellent at sales. Yeah, and they would always get more bookings than everyone else. Yeah. They would, and it was like every single day they were just calling in deposits all the time. And it was really interesting to watch because those that weren't, who didn't follow the sales process at all, who did have hang-ups about follow-up, like they would literally just, they get an email in, they'd respond, send the email back and then just go, okay, they didn't respond, I haven't heard anything more. And then they get another inquiry in and then they do that, oh, I didn't get a response. and. It was really interesting to see how they behaved in response to the successful ones. Yeah. Because the successful ones were literally like, right, i got an email in. Right, that's cool. No, no answer. What's that? No, nothing yet. Nope. And they literally were just chasing, chasing, yeah. chasing. And, and that's
1: all it was because those individuals that weren't doing so well... Would often refer to the ones that were doing well as gifted or talented yeah. or, or things like that. In in sales, you know, oh, well, we can't all be as gifted at sales as that person. Oh, you know, we don't have the talent that that person has. It's nothing to do with that. Yep. It's just diligence, hard work. Yes, self belief to a point. Because I I don't particularly enjoy selling. I'm certainly doing a lot more of it than I ever used to do. Um, because kind of needs must. But it is something that still kind of gets my heart racing a bit when I pick up that phone. But I I just listen to everything I'm telling you, basically. You
0: know? Well, yeah. And if you talk, <laughs> if you talk to people who are good in that space, they don't take any no personally.
1: No, exactly. It's
0: they. If anything, they're like, okay, well, you're missing out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, because they genuinely believe in what they're delivering. Yeah. And they genuinely believe that what that this adds value to their life. And if you look at most people that are very good at sales. It's normally, it's not normally, that you couldn't pick that person up and just dump them into a product that they don't passionately believe in. Yeah, yeah. They're always going to sell really well because they genuinely, like going back to my sister analogy, right? So she used to be in car sales yeah. years ago. But the companies, like you, I, I'd watch her and she'd go from Audi to BMW to whatever it is. And the moment she moved to the next car company, like they like they were the best cars you could ever buy. If you talk to her, <laughs> yeah. they are like, Oh, these are just amazing. Nobody makes cars like these guys. These guys are just they're the most beautiful cars, the most well made. Yeah. Just, like you couldn't lift her up and stick her in some crappy car company and expect her to deliver yeah. the same passion. Yeah. And that's exactly the same for great salespeople. It's not because they're they've got some massive talent on it or anything like that. It's just that they're they're genuinely passionate mm-hmm. about people experience feeling the same way or getting the experience of this product or service well, the way they feel about it.
1: I remember you back in the, the early days in, in banking and at the time you genuinely thought you could make a difference to people with yeah. what, what the bank was offering. Unfortunately, over time you realised that that wasn't the case and that's why you left the banking world. But right back in kind of day one, yeah. you genuinely believed that you were making a difference to these people. So oh I yeah, like
0: I, I, when, yeah... The, the, when I started out in that, that world, I was like, okay, I'm improving people's lives with this. I, why would everybody not have it? Yeah, It's like the whole, um, I suppose it's like insurance salesman or this kind of stuff. They get, like, people like that get a bit of a bad rap. But when you're the other side of the coin yeah. and you see the, you you get to see people who, I mean, I remember being, I remember an awful situation in the, when I was in the bank where this young couple, I mean, they were literally like 21 22 he was in the army um she and they they just got married mm-hmm. and they had a child and they took out a loan with us and i remember sitting down with him and saying and it was quite a big loan it's like 20 25 grand or whatever it was and i remember sitting down with him saying okay you're um you should have insurance like you should have something to protect you if if something god forbid goes wrong if you can't work anymore if you can't do anything it's going kind to of stop and I remember him, him at the time saying, oh, I, and at the time before having that conversation with him, every conversation I had with that was just, oh, well, I kind of understand the reason why you'd have insurance, but I was only young as well at the time. Yeah. I was thinking I was in my mid to late twenties and you kind of think you're invincible and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So I, I understood the concept, but I wouldn't necessarily, but I would just present it. And then if they said no, I'd be like, Fine, yeah, no problems, move on. Yeah. Let's just get the loan closed and give you the money. And that was that because i thought the most important aspect was giving the money that they needed Mm. within the budgets that they could afford and he died like within 12 months of taking that loan in uh, whilst out doing his job in the army and he was in a horrific car accident Mm. and i all like to this day remember her coming in to the office sitting down with me and explaining how he passed away and how am i going to pay this loan yeah and i was like I don't know cuz they refused to take the insurance. Yeah. And and I was I was like the, and I had to help them through like help her through a debt management process where effectively she still had to pay it yeah. but on a far reduced payment all this kind of stuff and I just remember I remember feeling horrendous yeah at the time for her for the whole experience and and every conversation I had after that point with somebody who said no I'm not going to have yeah, insurance yeah. for that and it's going kind to of stuff I remember that and I'd be like, I don't want to I don't want any of you people experiencing what that poor soul yeah, had to go yeah, through, yeah, yeah. right? And and that's what makes you a better salesperson because you understand the value and what happens if you if they don't have it. Yes. So Well oh, and
1: that's what makes business owners actually really good salespeople once yeah. they get over themselves. Yeah. <laughs> because exactly. you're obviously really passionate about what you do.
0: Yeah, you're improving you're you if you're as I said right early on, you are adding some form of value yeah. to that to that person, and absolutely you should be paid for doing so. And the more money you get is a consequence of the more people you are able to improve the lives of. That's great, but yeah, you absolutely should be very passionate about that fact. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So there you go. The power is in the follow up. Make sure um you've got some kind of follow up process people to help you if need be or you just need to kind of kick yourself up the arse and do it yourself <laughs> yeah and there's a whole
0: episode on um sales if you're in this kind of spot at the moment going yeah but i'm I'm this at sales or whatever at sales i think it's called can't sell won't sell yes. and it's uh, one of the 20 something episodes yeah, yeah, i yeah. think it is so go back on the episodes and have a look at that because um yeah that'll give you some bit more of an idea.
1: yes brilliant That was Marketing Monday and we will see you tomorrow. Have a good day. Bye.